some TV shows and movies are really great Well, some are maybe better left on the plate Spend a thousand years picking through the rubble And what if there's a podcast that can save you the trouble? So pop some corn, stir up a martini It's What Are You Watching with Chris Mancini Hey friends, welcome to What Are You Watching? I'm your host, Chris Mancini. This is the show where we interview comedians and entertainment pros and find out what the people who make entertainment are watching. Uh, Now, one of the things I wanted to mention is that uh, Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master, the graphic novel, is coming along nicely. We are now in final notes for lettering and book production is well underway. All the art is done. All the coloring is done. Volume two lettering is done. We are uh, getting there. We are really, really close. It is a uh, slow process, but we're we're getting really close and it looks fantastic. Um, there's going to be two new pinups. There's going to be bookmarks, sketch pages, some definitely some extra stuff. There's a refresh in volume one. So it's going to look really cool. And if you miss the Kickstarter, don't worry. It'll be available in the White Cat store. Uh, after all of the backers get their copies. Um, Also, I know I've been bugging you guys about ratings and reviews. Um, uh, Long ago and far away, the graphic novel is now up on Kindle. I know you guys, a lot of you already have it. If you could just kind of go over there and drop a star, drop a a couple of stars on there, that would be really good too, because it helps it track in uh, the Kindle books. So it's long ago and far away. Just type that in with my name. It'll come up and then just uh, drop some stars down that would be um, super helpful as well. Thanks again. I know, I know. It's always asking for ratings and reviews, everything from your podcasters to your Uber drivers. I know, I know. We are in a rating slash review society. So apologies for that. Apologies to the future. Anyway, I'd also like to ask you to join the Patreon White Cat Adventures Club. Gotten a few new members this year. Always room for more. It's only five bucks a month. You get early access to this show. Also, a bonus episode every month only for members. Uh, this month, Neil and I do a Stranger Things spoiler app. Uh, there's sneak peeks from the graphic no- for the graphic novels and Professor Atwood's very semi-weekly journal soundscapes. And also, I've been doing a lot more reviews. So I just did a Top Gun Maverick review. That's in there as well. I've been trying to do those uh, once a week, too, for some bonus content. And uh, we've been doing a lot with Professor Atwood, The Quiet Journeys of Professor Atwood, of course. And... If it's something that you have like anxiety or insomnia, it's a really great show for that. I created to kind of just take down the temperature and help you sleep, help you kind of um, just relax and chill. And it's not one of those podcasts that you're like, okay, breathe deep. Like it tells you what to do. It's a very passive show that tells you a story, hopefully gives you a couple laughs along the way and just kind of relaxes you where you don't have to do anything. You don't have to think about it. You're having trouble sleeping or you're feeling anxious. Just throw the quiet journeys of Professor Atwood on. Let it do all the work uh, for you. So I hope it helps you. Anyway, back to the Patreon. You could just go to patreon.com slash whitecatentertainment and it will um, give you like the choices on tiers and you could go anywhere from five bucks to like I think they're all the way to 25 for a shout out tier. So Check that out. It really does help. It's patreon.com slash whitecatentertainment. And this episode is sponsored by Tiny Wizards. It's a new comic book series about a super small size world of wizards and their magical fast food fights. The debut issue from artist Dean Beatty and writer Evan Burgoon is available now as a lavish prestige format book for just $13.99 at tinywizards.com. White Cat Entertainment listeners get free shipping when using the code whitecat at checkout. 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce my guest. He's a very funny comedian that I teamed up with a while back against Keith Malley on Silent Trailers from Keith and the Girl. I don't remember exactly, but I think we still lost, but it was very fun. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the host of the Dave Hill Good Time Hour. Dave Hill. Dave, how are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. Thank you. I I have COVID for a second yeah. time, not to brag. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I'm pretty good. Now, is the second time like you feel like you're a little more experienced, like you kind of got it down? I think so. And the one thing I would say there was a feeling there's a certain feeling to it that i'm like oh yeah this is a distinct covid uh like a feeling in your throat that i feel like moving uh forward in life hopefully we won't have to get it every six months <laughs> for the rest of our time yeah. on earth but yeah um at least you know I do sort of recognize like, oh, yeah, there's a certain tickle, a COVID tickle that I've right. recognized. Uh, I don't know. Where does that get me? Nothing. But um, <laughs> and I, I def you know, I, I definitely know what you're talking about. My wife and I just are getting over it. But what was weird is we had the exact same symptoms and it all started with that tickle in the throat. You're like, oh, something's going on. She tested positive. I didn't. So she was angry at me for that. Sure. And uh, <laughs> uh, even though we were like literally the exact same symptoms and out for about the same amount of time, just maybe one week shifted either way. But uh, mm -hmm. um, about about a week to two weeks, really um, couldn't really record for a week because sounded awful. And it was uh, definitely puts you back a little bit. But, you know, I, let me ask you this, Dave, because we're basically freelance artists when Something sure. like COVID or even just a, a regular cold knocks you out for two weeks. Do you feel like guilty that you don't get enough done in that time? Yeah, I mean, I, I keep trying to go, you know, but sometimes you get just get. I think of maybe the first time I had COVID. Yeah, I was especially uh, I couldn't do anything. I thought, oh, at least I'll clean the apartment or something. But uh, I didn't, and <laughs> I'm getting a few things done now. I don't feel horrible, but I'm definitely tired. Yeah. Anyway, to answer, your, I'm just, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I cut myself a little slack, but I'm kind of always yeah. like wanting to, never enough hours in the day, you know, to do everything I want to do. So. Yeah, and I think the lesson that I'm trying to tell myself and other people is, uh, let that shit go. You know, you're sick. Get better. <laughs> There's a yeah. million things to do always. There are going to be a million things when you're better. Just, you know, don't focus or concentrate on just, you know, be sick, relax, watch TV, and then uh, you'll get better. Yep. This so, is true. So, Dave, um, tell me about the Dave Hill Good Time Hour, because you've had a couple of podcasts, and you've kind of rolled them all over into this one, correct? Yeah, yeah. This kind of been a gradually, you know, morphing thing you know i i started you know over 10 years ago with dave hill's podcasting incident which was me just bullshitting i mean all ever they're all just me bullshitting but uh which is every podcast but yeah yes. <laughs> choose your bullshit um <laughs> and then i went over to wfmu and did the goddamn dave hill show for five years and then i stopped doing that 
went back to Dave Hill's podcasting incident. And then during the pandemic, uh, my producer, Chris Gersbeck, said, hey, why don't we revive the goddamn Dave Hill show? And we had that and the podcasting incident going at the same time. And then we were like, let's just make one thing. And to further confuse people, I was like, let's call it the Dave Hill Good Time Hour, stolen from Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour, obviously, mm -hmm. to those who know. Uh, and it's just me, Chris Gersbeck, and Des, uh, my partners in crime, and we have a guest on, and we just bullshit and go where it goes, you know? <laughs> it's uh, not the world's most popular podcast, but it's number one <laughs> In the hearts of several. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's all we can ask for. That's yeah. A, <laughs> it's for a small amount of people to really like us. That's Sure. It. That's all you can, you know. <laughs> if you get in that much out of life, you're doing fine. Yeah. And uh, have you noticed as you've kind of like done different itinerations of the podcast, have you kind of tweaked your format a little bit? Have you changed things like, oh, this worked, this didn't, and now I'm this is the format I've kind of settled on? Uh I don't, I wouldn't say that we're necessarily at a working, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I think there's it, things that were good and bad about each format. Um, and this one, I really like the only thing I would, that I would say I don't like is that we have not figured out a way to, uh, take live phone calls in a way that really works. And that's the thing I miss about doing the radio show is it was just a bunch of you know i i, I really like terrestrial radio because um you know there's that thing of people just kind of like happening upon it on the dial you know and being like what is this you know i love someone calling in saying what is this like, I do remember the seek and scan buttons on the radios in the car. Remember those? You just push the button and then it goes to all the stations until you yeah. find one you like. Yeah, I like that. I think there's something great about that uh, that, you know, is is magical. And, it you know, it was a fun aspect to the show. And, and, and to also have people like turned on to it in that way, you know, I, 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 I love, you know, like. I mean, I'm sure Sirius has that aspect to it, you know, because so many people have that in their cars and whatever. But, like, you know, it's, I always like to think that it's like truckers and someone just sitting listening to a transistor radio in their garage. And then over time, you learn that it's not all that, but there's definitely some of that. And that's what keeps right. me going. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, you know, as the um, pandemic keeps going, and uh, I think more and more people are sequestering themselves in their, in their homes as the and trying to get um, as much information as possible without ever leaving. So yeah. I I think that might actually be uh, be increasing mm -hmm. people with shortwave radios and uh, yeah. little conspiracy sets that they're uh, they're at home listening mm -hmm. to things. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that'll help podcasting. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. You never yeah. know. So now, Dave, you do other things, too. Uh, do you do, like, um, uh, what other type of art do you do? Like music, um, anything else? 
Yeah, I mean, I stand up comedy, music, mm-hmm. and uh, acting on occasion, not quite as much as I would like. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then I, I do a lot of visual art, also um, drawing and painting and stuff. Is some of that uh, your work behind you? Now, I know this is an audio podcast, but I'm looking at you and I can see there's some artwork uh, behind you. Is any of those, no, those any Dave Hill originals? There are some Dave Hill originals in my house, but not nothing behind me. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't really like hanging to, you know, usually like I'll have something hanging around for a while and then I'll sell it or give it away or something. I don't, I don't really like having my own stuff hanging. Sort of mm-hmm. like if you make a lasagna, you know, you finish it and you're like, oh, man, I don't, I'll just eat a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel that way about my own art. I just like doing it. But you would have people over to enjoy the lasagna. because you... Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, Dave, Phil, now I have to ask you, what are you watching? What am I watching? I'm watching. I mean, probably most recently, I watched uh shorzy on hulu do you know that show no tell me about it shorzy is sort of like an offshoot of letter kenny did you see leonard letter kenny at all now that's one i've heard of but i didn't see either so let's in case the audience also doesn't know let's tell me a little bit about that as well letter kenny is well i feel like i'm maybe one of the earliest uh americans to get into letter kenny that i know of <laughs> Because in the first season, a friend of mine at the dog run, but we, we were just kind of getting to know each other. He kept telling me to watch this show, Letterkenny. And I was just like, in my mind, like, hey, this guy has not reached uh, recommending TV show status in my uh, mind yet so i wasn't listening to him yeah. but he kept you don't it. show up you don't show up in the dog park with a new friend you know don't show up to the first date in a wedding ring you know you can't just exactly. start meet somebody and start work you know referring streaming titles that's not good exactly so i was like sorry pal not gonna watch it and then but he kept <laughs> asking me so finally i uh i watched it to put it on one night and i was like oh, i'll watch a few minutes just to so i can get a sense of it and tell him I watched it. And I was hooked like right away within the first minute. I was like, I love this. And uh, I think it's unlike any other show right now. Well, with the exception of now Shorzy. Um, well, I mean, that's really the best marketing for a streaming show is to confront people as they're walking their dogs and browbeat them into watching something. It totally worked. And <laughs> I'm grateful for it. And then so there was a period where like no one I kept telling people and I usually don't recommend stuff to people because there's just so much stuff. And the more the more I get recommended something, the more the longer it takes me to get around to watching it. You know, people are like, oh, my God, this is the best thing. And then I'm like, oh, my, it sounds too good. I have to wait until I have not have COVID or I have to wait until I have nothing going on because clearly I'll just have to binge watch this thing. So like I did that happen with me with Breaking Bad. I kept hearing about it and I was like, well, how am I going to find time to watch a show this good? And then I finally watched it and I was like, oh, it's amazing. 
Um, yeah, you see, so you have a streaming defense mechanism. When yeah, people I, re I recommend resist. things too much. But yeah. then I was, uh, my girlfriend and I started watching it, and then I was on tour, and I would just go back to the hotel or wherever after each show, and I would watch Breaking Bad until like four in the morning. <laughs> I also had food poisoning at one point on this tour. It's like nine years ago and uh and so i was just like lying in bed stay up till four sleep until noon watch again for a few hours and then as your body sweats and shakes a lot like the people in the show exactly exactly <laughs> so but uh yeah right now yeah uh shorzy so shorzy is a character from letter kenny and he now has his offshoot, his own show. So tell me about yeah. Letterkenny. What kind of show is it? I think the tagline is like Letterkenny. Population of Letterkenny is is it three thousand or five thousand? These are their and these are their problems. And it's like Hicks, Skids, which is like meth heads, Christians, and hockey players. The four different kinds of people and. Uh, it's just really well written, really funny, and they do a lot of things with language uh, that I haven't really seen any show do before. And uh, I think it's great. It's also a very weird show in that it's the only comedy I can think of where almost everyone is very attractive, okay. <laughs> which is counterintuitive to comedy, generally speaking, but it's weird and like a lot of them are in really good shape like a lot of the people on the show clearly work out so it goes against everything <laughs> in comedy <laughs> of like people looking like goofballs like there's like beautiful people on this show is it's is it, it's a uk show right no canadian What's that? oh canadian okay yeah. so, so... in is a hot well that explains it i mean yeah. you know they have a much healthier lifestyle up there they really do <laughs> Um, and and Shorzy is the the spinoff of a character that lives lived in Letterkenny. Yeah, yeah, he was a hockey player, and mm -hmm. so now, uh, so he has his own own series, and that's is it's it a, really um, good. Is it a comedy drama or is it mostly comedy like sitcomy or is it kind of go back and forth? Like, what's the tone? It's fully just absurd. Um, mm -hmm comedy um well, there's no well, drama, drama really dave you've sold me i think i'm gonna watch it too and uh, we didn't even meet with their dogs and you've only bugged me to watch it once and yet i'm gonna go watch it it's great i mean i actually tried last night i'm not gonna tell you the show mm -hmm. that i was watching last I, wa I tried to watch an episode of another show because it was recommended to me strongly and i really like the title and i like one of the actors that's in it. So I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to check it out. And I was like, this show sucks. And then I'm just going to go watch Shorzy again now, I guess. <laughs> I feel like I need to give the show another chance. I only watched about 15 minutes. And I was, you know, just, it, I was like, it's nah. It, it's interesting. Like, you know, our, our tastes have, 
not our tastes not necessarily have changed, but sometimes our tolerance for watching bad material has changed because there's so much out there. We're like, well, if I spend another hour on a show that I don't necessarily like, that's one hour less that I can watch a show that I may like. But like, I always like to give a new show like a couple of episodes. Like, you know, the first yeah. episode it may not have found its footing or whatever, but mm-hmm. after two or three, I, I'm pretty sure I'm like, okay, I think I get it. I'm either in or I'm out. I don't need to watch the entire first season to decide if I like it or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll probably go back to the show and try it some more, but mm-hmm. I don't have high hopes. Well, I'm going to tell you something I actually saw in the movie theater over the weekend. Yeah, um, I have to ask, I, what are you watching? What, yes, did you, what, I, did you, what did you watch? I watched Top Gun Maverick in the uh, movie theater. Oh, wow. And I have to say, it was completely unexpected. I, I didn't love the first movie, you know, in Top Gun. It was this this weird kind of like, I always put more towards like... Uh, you know, the Goonies, Indiana Jones, like, you know, you know, hotshot fighter pilots. It didn't really appeal to me as much. And mm-hmm. but I wanted to make sure I watched the original um, again to refresh my memory. It's been, what, 36 years so mm-hmm. uh, before I went to see the uh, the sequel. And I didn't have high hopes for it. My wife really wanted to see it. And I was like, OK, I watched this movie and I was kind of a little angry about how much I loved it. So <laughs> Wow. I thought it was so good and I it was such a fun time at the movies because it it um it threaded the needle of being nostalgic, modern and also kind of like um really really acknowledging how like you know Tom Cruise's character of Maverick was a relic kind of like the way they did with James Bond or like you know well you're a relic of another time 007 mm-hmm. and it just worked and and uh, it, it just pieced together really nicely. You know, he becomes the teacher at Top Gun at, with the, uh, you know, the top pilots and, you know, the son of the other pilot that died, Goose. He He's there and doesn't obviously doesn't like Tom Cruise's character. Sure. And but you go back to the bar and you have these nostalgic scenes, but you also have these modern scenes and you have John Hamm, who does an amazing performance as, of course, the admiral that does not like uh, um, you know, Tom Cruise and. You have this great cameo from Val Kilmer, who is, as you know, health is degrading very yeah. rapidly. And it's it's a great heartfelt scene. And it's 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 both nostalgic, but also it modernizes everything. It modernizes the relationships. It modernizes the military. And it does all of these things. Uh, but at the end of the day, of course, it's still a popcorn movie. But it has more heart than I thought it would. It had more acknowledgement of the first movie than I thought it would. And it was just more fun than mm-hmm. I thought it would be. So it was a real pleasant surprise. I mean, I can see why it's doing so well. Because when they announced it, I'm like, who the hell needs a Top Gun sequel? Is anybody clamoring for that many, many years ago? But, yeah. you know, I, I you know, I, it was good. It, it won me over, Dave. I love it. I'm now, <laughs> you've, you've sold me on it. Or at least the idea of. I'm seeing. Yeah. Now, did you see the first one or do you even remember it? Like I said, I had to rewatch the first I one. I think, yeah, I saw it, but I can't, I don't, I just remember yeah. Tom Cruise's Maverick and Iceman or whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, and it, it, it doesn't age well. <laughs> the, uh, that's why I thought the sequel would be, it wouldn't be able to figure it out. And it, and it did. Now, the one really interesting quirk about this one 
was that um, they only refer to like the enemy as the enemy. Like there's no actual country mentioned. Like, oh. uh, like so they put all these little like um, pieces together of like, well, this enemy has fifth generation aircraft. Okay, well, clearly this is a country that has a lot of money. Mm-hmm. The enemy has is trying to get nuclear capabilities. So like, well, then it couldn't be you know russia because they already have nuclear capabilities mm-hmm. uh and then it's like well now it's in a mountainous snowy region i'm like well then that okay so so basically it's no country on earth it's actually cobra or specter is really who the who the enemy is uh-huh. like this fake made-up military power that may or may not be part of a sovereign nation but here's the interesting thing is it's like because the movie is put together so well and it's such a like popcorny fantasy feeling of a, of a film that watches you in both nostalgia and um you know just kind of that old school filmmaking of popcorn movies that you forgive it pretty easily i'm like okay i get it it can't be china it can't be russia but it has all these pieces of all these different countries so and that there's weird logos on the planes that make no sense and then you know the pilots of course are in the full black you know, so you never see the faces of any of the uh, the pilots. So you, yeah, you're like okay, all right. So it's it's basically GI Joe versus Cobra. I got I got it. It's <laughs> Cobra, so or uh, or Spectre from uh, uh, 007. So, but it's it, it was very unexpected how uh, enjoyable it it was. But I'm so, sold. I, yeah, I recommend it. I mean, yeah, and uh, so now I, I want to talk about another series because you said you would enjoyed Breaking Bad so much. Did you ever get to Better Call Saul? the prequel yeah i love better call saul and i'm not um i feel like i trailed off maybe last season for whatever Mm -hmm. reason and i missed a few episodes and now i'm watching the new season that's out of the final season and for yeah but I've been just like traveling and stuff. My girlfriend and I usually try to watch together, so we haven't mm-hmm. been able to really focus. Um, well, but- I just I, I just finished season five. Now the sixth season, like you said, just started. I haven't watched any of the sixth season yet, mm-hmm. but uh, like you said, this is the final one, and not even all the episodes have released yet. I think some of them they're um, they're holding back. I think for like a you know a, a quote second half of the second season, but. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the show a little bit because I I really like it too. And I was wondering, like, as I was watching the first couple seasons, I thought it was a little slow. Like, you know, the way it kind of built and the way we were kind of focusing on, obviously, it's Jimmy McGill and his art career and how he became Mm -hmm. Saul Goodman and uh, and his uh, law career, excuse me, and uh, how he became Saul Goodman. And we were focusing on that flawed character. But I always thought, you know, it's always a little more interesting when he interacts and gets into like um, with the drug cartels and Mike and all of these other characters. And I realized that that was the structure of breaking bad where it actually started off slow. Then it, as the seasons progressed, it got bigger and bigger and crazier and and more violent. And I, I feel like that was at first I thought, well, they didn't really know where to focus, but then I think it was a real decision to actually do that because I'll tell you, when season three hit and, you know, um, um, Gus comes in and you have all of these things with Mike and then the the rival cartels, it just it, it goes into a different speed. Oh, I mean, yeah. I was on the edge of my seat for season five and I, you know, I can't wait for season six, but um, I'm going to kind of 
you know, take a little break because there's, there's only well, you can binge, but sometimes you need a break too. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, totally. Uh, so, but I really liked it. So I wanted to what, see what you thought about kind of like the the structure and the way it kind of ramped up. Like, how did you feel about it? I I really liked it. I mean, some of it is so, so slow. Like Kim, the k- character Kim, I yes. just been like, what is the payoff of her? She's like, I don't know what her deal is. And it was really frustrating to me for a long, just mess, ruined my life. No, um, <laughs> but uh, I found, I mean, I, I thought, you know, the acting was great and all that, but I was just like, what is the point? Like, what is her thing? I don't know. Uh, it was unclear to me. Um, so and it kept going back and forth, like, all right, well, is she helping him? Is she his conscience? Is it uh, she enabling him? Like it, it kind of went in a circle for a while. Yeah. Like it was never really clear what was going on, and even with his brother, too. Like, well, the brothers are helping each other, but they're also at severe odds. And mm-hmm. um, everything just kind of, like you said, kind of went in a circle. The only thing that was building really was the <laughs> the drug cartel rivalry. And that, that got bigger and bigger until yeah. it kind of engulfed all these other storylines. And I felt like that. That's when the show, like probably about season three, really hit its stride. And then like it just got better and better from there. Um, I really liked um, there was. Yeah, I mean, there's so, such great stuff in the, the Mike character. I love like it's almost like the way he conducts himself. Just be like, I want to just be like Mike. I want to do everything like <laughs> when he like punch. He like, you know, uh like he's with the other sort of like mercenaries in the parking garage and and he like punches the takes the guy's gun and punches him in the throat and like and uh then the other two guys run away i'm like that's he's the biggest badass in the world yes and he's what in his 70s yeah <laughs> like, i love this guy <laughs> like you can't stay mad at him either you realize that mm-hmm. he's you know he's a criminal but you know, God love the, the fact that he's also like an ex-cop that he kind of knew, like, quote, the streets and like police procedures and all those things. It just made him even that more interesting. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of got frustrated about how he couldn't make things better as a cop. And that kind of broke him. And then what happened with his his son and all, all this stuff. Um, and I, I feel like he's the most nuanced, interesting character where he kind of has a conscience. He's not afraid to murder people either, you know, yeah, when yeah. he has to. He's, he's still a hitman. And, Sometimes uh, you have to yeah. murder people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, what? you don't want to get a bad review with your boss. Exactly. You know, right up. So, you know, you have to uh, do what you're told. But uh, so I, I felt like it was really, really, you know, interesting, like whenever he was on screen. And then as it as it all started to mesh together with, Gus and Jimmy and the other drug dealers and the rival drug dealers and how it really kind of came to a head. Like at that point, then every single scene was like compelling. You're on the edge of your seat. Like there wasn't anything about like, you know, a trial with the bank or anything like that, where it was you know interesting, but mm-hmm. not quite as interesting as, as, you know, Jimmy being stuck in the desert with a bunch of uh, uh, drug cartel money and uh, yeah. people chasing him, like things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really um, excited to see uh, season six. But, you know, there's a bunch of licensing things where it's hard to actually get it unless you have 
like AMC Plus. Like we have Hulu and Netflix, and we still don't have season six. There's there's still like no way to, uh, oh, to yeah. get it. So I might just wait until it comes on Netflix because I kind of feel like I'm paying for enough streaming already. So yeah, yeah, that's how yeah. they get or, you. Just oh. or I might just wait till they're all out and pay like the eight bucks or whatever to binge the last season and then cancel it. But I don't know. I feel like then they still win. I'd like to. <laughs> I know it's. I, I'd like to, you know, just I've given. I feel like I've given enough money to streaming. I can, you know, wait a couple more months for the last season. Mm-hmm. You can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> I'm gonna be strong, no I mean, matter how much wait. I see on the internet. <laughs> yeah, we have to wait so long for the seasons to come, anyway. Yeah, might as well. That's the other thing they've decided too. It's like even if all the episodes are done for a season, now to keep people paying those streaming fees they break them up now like even netflix like with stranger things they're like yeah well that's our whole thing we're going to give you all the episodes at once except for now when yeah we realize we want to keep you for two to three months longer and uh so we're going to kind of break it up you could still stream them just not all at once but i thought you said we could stream them well yeah kind of but so it's weird how we're going back to a cable model after yeah. uh, going in it going in a circle but uh, now, how do you feel about like, like just streaming in general? Like, will you binge everything? Will you binge certain things? Or you're like, you know what? These I want to kind of break up and I'll see like at week to week. Um, I kind of sometimes I like a show that's not that good because like <laughs> I can watch it more casually. Like if I'm like, oh, that's good enough to watch, but it's not good enough to binge like uh orange is the new black i felt that mm -hmm. way about even though i gave up on that show at one point because i feel like it turned into sex in the city in prison at one point and i was <laughs> just like okay i'm done mm -hmm. and but i watched i don't know a few seasons of it and uh i was like oh this is good because i don't I'm not really compelled to watch another episode but i'll definitely check it out in like a week and it was kind of yeah. nice to have a show like that that i liked but didn't love and <laughs> so i think with there's less pressure yeah less pressure i like that there's like um some other shows like that i mean i think net and that's sort of netflix is they do a lot of shows like that but because I mean, there's so many shows um but i i still haven't watched stranger things i've not seen for that reason because everyone says how great it is so i'm like well right i'm gonna have to figure out when am i gonna find the time <laughs> but I'll, I'll get around to it um it, that's the great thing about like when when you have like a show like stranger things that netflix owns and they've produced you don't have to worry about it. as long as you have netflix you could get to it eventually yeah. you know it's not like this the licensing that everything is kind of up in the air right now like Okay, well, all the Star Trek shows, you got to watch them on Netflix now or because they're all going to be going to Paramount Plus when the licenses run out or all the Marvel shows that were on Netflix. Now they're on Disney Plus. So, yeah, totally. Um, there's actually less pressure on like a show like Stranger Things because, well, that's a Netflix owned show. It's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as you have Netflix, you could see it. Now, I will say I have loved Stranger Things, especially being, you know, a child of the 80s that uh, I really, really um, enjoyed it. Um, there was a rather large wait time between seasons. So if you do start kind of binging it, you'll actually get through it a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. And it, it's also a show that 
you know, I would have mixed feelings about binging it because there's so much good stuff in there and it's fun, but it's easy to kind of OD on it where I feel like that show kind of benefited a little bit from the break between seasons where anticipation mm-hmm. could grow again. And then when they bring out a new season that like tops the last season, which they have every single season has been bigger and better than the last, which is hard to do, especially when you come out of the gate so strong. Um, it, it's, I don't know. I feel like that one is one, like you were saying, even though it's a good show, it's kind of a more savory, it's a show to savor a little bit to kind of take your time with. Mm-hmm. So when you do get around to it, uh, I guess what I'm saying is don't feel rushed, Dave. Go All right. This is comforting. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so what else are you watching? Um, what else? Oh, I've been like, uh, rewatching, um, during the pandemic, like, well, like all people probably, uh, most people, I started just watching a ton of shit, of course. And probably my favorite thing that I stumbled upon are the movies of Aki Kurismaki, the Finnish director. And I love his movies and I rewatch them all the time. Um, they're so good. They're, I can't say I'm familiar with this director. Tell me about kind of what he does. He did um, the first one. I mean, he's been making movies since like the early 80s, I think. And he did uh, Lennon. Lenin, Leningrad Cowboys Go America and uh, that was the first one I saw and then I watched the sequel uh, Lenin I can't remember the I'm getting the titles wrong but Leningrad Cowboys um, there's two of them and then I really like this actor Matty Palonpa this Finnish actor and I was like, I want to watch more stuff with him. And then I started watching, realizing that, oh, almost so many of the movies he did were by this one writer-director, Aki Kurismaki. And um, they're just very, like, dark comedies or... Uh, they're not comedy. What's, what's what sort of? Dramedies? Dramedy, um, so it's a mix. It's kind of yeah, dark humor, gallows humor. Like how dark does it get? It's very dark, uh, mm-hmm. and they're all, all of them. I I don't I like them all so much, and it just this world. Uh, a lot of it's like working class stories uh, and minimal minimal dialogue like no one there's no there's no just like there's no clever chit chat in any of the movies it's like people say the bare minimum but part probably part of the reason i like it is that i can follow what's going on (laughs) even though it's in finnish uh though he did a couple movies in french so, so the dialogue is minimal so a lot of it is visual and you could follow the action easier without you know staring at the subtitles the whole time yeah and it's just i mean no one really says anything that's not necessary to the story uh and some people find that boring um but i i i'm just like 
Well, that's what every screenwriting teacher tells you to do. So yeah, it's just it's just uh, really great. Uh, and I watch these movies over Are and all over. Are films like that? Like where it's kind of like dark comedies with minimal dialogue? Yeah, for sure. I mean, some of them are just not, some don't really have, have a lot of co comedy. I mean, there no, there's comedy in all of them, but they're, you know, they're just, they're just really great. I think people, they're sort of like people either love it or hate it, I think. Um, mm -hmm. Like I, I, I was doing a stand-up show in Brooklyn recently and I realized that there was a table of Finnish people and I, so I started talking about all these Finnish things, of course, and uh, among them were the Aki Kurosmaki movies, and they didn't like his movies because they said they were too slow for them. Um, so you were in a comedy club live, and you focused on one table of Finnish people and talked about the one thing they didn't like. I, t I brought up some things they did like, <laughs> I, some other things, but I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I took umbrage at the fact that they didn't like Aki Kurismaki movies. But mm -hmm. it's definitely like wh when you do find people that are into his movies, uh, it's quite a bonding thing. Because, mm -hmm. uh, well, I guess, you know, obviously being in America, it's rare, it's rare to right. run into that many people who are into Finnish films. Is but, it a large amount? Like, does he have like a large library of films that he's made? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the problem is that only a certain amount of them are available in america or you know with subtitles mm -hmm. so um it's frustrating me that there's like a bunch of movies i haven't seen mm -hmm. yet so but it, it happened because during the pandemic i would just i was like this week i'm only gonna watch Finnish movies or Jamaican yeah. movies or like, <laughs> so I would just go down these wormholes and watch. You, like, you themed your pandemic. I did. I would watch like, I'm going to watch every Jamaican movie I can get my hands on. Mm -hmm. And uh, so after I, cool runnings, what did you watch after that? Oh, there's many. The harder they come. Uh, <laughs> rockers. Uh, countryman. Uh um dance hall queen mm -hmm. uh and then you got like there's babylon which is actually set in london but sort of like has uh the jamaican uh what's it called diaspora am i saying that right uh, uh sure however you say yeah. that word di di diaspora, diaspora diaspora yeah it's, it's one of those yeah. words i read it's also hear. one of those words that I don't think anyone pronounces correctly, so I think we're yeah. good. So. Okay. <laughs> and I've also never heard anyone say it like you. I've only seen it read. I've only read it. So. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone use it until now, until yeah. I broke it out. <laughs> so um, that's really cool. So you kind of like themed, like, did you ever do like a genre week where like, I'm only going to watch Westerns, I'm only going to watch uh, comedies, or was it all just pretty uh... much geographic? It was only, I think, geographic, but, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, cause I don't know, I kind of jump around and stuff that I like. And, mm -hmm. um, I think if I were only going to watch comedy or only dramas, I might lose my mind. Yeah. Plus it's <laughs> like, I don't know. 
it's easy to, I don't know. There's so much good stuff, but like, I just, I just flew to Denmark on Iceland air and genuinely could not find a single movie in their <laughs> offerings that I wanted to watch that I hadn't seen. And, or I just, so I don't know. It's easy to like, well, you got to remember the, the movie selections on airplanes. You're looking at all the films that have the lowest licensing fees. Oh, so, this is true. This is true. Yes. So you're like, all right, how can we get more for less? So, you know, that's that's why it's such a weird selection. It's like, well, what were the cheapest films? Okay, we can get those on the flight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Though I did, I did finally watch Godfather 1 and 2 on a plane to Australia. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you get some good ones. Yeah, yeah. And guess what? A... I love them. Yeah, <laughs> good. They are indeed they stood uh, up. excellent films. Yeah. The hype. <laughs> so I think we have time for one more. I want to talk about uh, one show I had seen on Amazon Prime called Outer Range. And this was a show I kind of got recommended by a friend of mine. And it kind of has all the elements that I kind of like. It's got um, th th this weird science fiction element. It's kind of grounded. It's got interesting characters. Um wide open spaces which are always fun to look at when you live in a big city uh sure. so this was a josh josh brolin anchors this show about basically a rancher that has of course another family that's a rival ranch family trying to get his land but then there's this weird circle in the middle of his land that is a time hole that you fall in and you can travel through time and buffaloes come out of it with you know indian arrows in them and all all these kind of weird quirky things and the setup was really cool i thought how are they going to always kind of put these things together there's a mysterious stranger that shows up and just wants to stay on the property so okay but the problem is when you have all these things sometimes you put it together um coherently and sometimes it does not happen the way you kind of want it and it ended up as the season finished it's just an absolute mess like nothing made sense nothing was put together nothing was really explained properly the motivations of the characters were all kind of weird and off and um i it was one of those shows where i started off liking it but ended up like disappointed by the end of the season oh so I mean, you're not selling me on this is no sounds no. like no Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> no, the only thing I would sell you on is that watch the first half of it and then make up the second half in your head. Okay. And I think you'll be happier with the. Uh, All right. The so that's good. This is a time saving <laughs> technique. I yeah. like this. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it was, it was one of those things where, like, it kind of had all the cool elements going for it, but then it just weren't wasn't put together properly. Like, you have this really cool puzzle, but you end up with these pieces that don't quite fit or you're missing a few and it just it just doesn't come together properly. So it was a um, started off great out of the gate, but uh, petered out at the end. So if there is a season two, I will not be on board with it. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. You just told that show to fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I always like to say something good, too, like, uh, hey, great premise, great start, but uh, did not stick the landing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it also it's interesting where, you know, that was in the opposite of what I said earlier in the show, where it's good to give like a show like two or three episodes to kind of start because then you kind of know. 
Yeah. This yeah. one, like I knew right away that I was into it, but then it was like the last three or four that uh, <laughs> that turned me around on the other side. Um, so that does happen as well sometimes. But yeah. uh, so, you know, Dave, I think we've covered a lot of ground uh, today. Yeah. And uh, where can people find you? Like, uh, do you have an online hub and people can get like your stand up, music, art, everything? Sure. I mean, you can go to my website, DaveHillOnline.com, uh, or I'm on Instagram at Mr. Dave Hill at Mr. Dave Hill. I'm also that on TikTok, but I'm more active, I guess, on Instagram. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying Instagram like that. I like to <laughs> put the wrong emphasis on words. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, and then the podcast, Dave Hill, Good Time Hour. And I think between all those things, you'll find everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still banned from Twitter, but maybe You're I'll- banned from Twitter? I'm I banned. Didn't know that. For, I got banned for life from Twitter. Um, really? Yeah. And is but, there, is that, um, I, I got to ask, how did that happen? Uh, I was, uh, Trump supporters would insult me and threaten me and stuff because I would, I was sort of intentionally like Trump would post something and I would, you know, write suck my balls or something, mm -hmm. something puerile. And uh, just to like, it was really dumb. And then people <laughs> would, uh, you know, say something to me and I would respond with a mother joke that like a 12 year old would make. So you fed the trolls basically you know and it was really dumb but it was fun <laughs> and i think people found it well i know people found it entertaining which of course kept me going and mm -hmm. uh and somehow i got banned for life for that so <laughs> but i'm hoping i don't even know if i'm hoping because i not being on twitter is i highly recommend it to anyone i gotta tell you it's not the worst thing in the world like i found when i took social media off my phone I was yeah. like, oh, why? Why am I more relaxed now? Like, uh, oh, like yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the worst thing to not be on a social media platform. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely definitely. Uh, I had told myself I would leave all of it, but I don't know. I think uh, it's probably useful to, you know, let people know where you're touring and things like that now, and Business-wise, it's a necessary evil for us. We kind of have to be on it. Whereas, yeah. you know, some artists and comedians they love being on it and talking about things and you know everything from politics to what they're having for lunch. Um, I'm kind of like with you. I don't really love being on it. I do it because I kind of have to be on it. And also, you know, every once in a while, it does some good, and there there is some good connections there. And mm -hmm. you know, you can give people a smile or occasionally hope but uh yeah. um by and large if i had to pick where i didn't have to be on it at all i'd probably pick not so yeah yeah <laughs> i i agree with that um you know it's good for some puppy videos on occasion yeah yeah like you know, got to see some cats you know jumping off of things that's it's, it's always yeah good. always good yeah <laughs> Um, well, folks, uh, thanks, everyone. And for more info and other merchandise, you could go to whitecatentertainment.com. You can get T-shirts, signed books, and graphic novels, mugs, A Quiet Journey's Blanket to cuddle up as you uh, listen to the show and fall off to sleep and more. You can also join a, a semi-monthly mailing list. You could follow on Twitter and Facebook at White Cat Stories. 
Just look for the white cat either sleeping or flying with a jetpack. You can also contact the show about advertising or anything else in your mind through the website as well. Thanks again, everyone, for the support. And please don't forget to rate and review the show and stay safe. Dave, thanks again. This was great. Great to have you on the Thank show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate great. Thanks it. a lot. Thanks a lot, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.